Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is the fifth installment, I believe. Could be mistaken, but I think it's the fifth installment of the series called Jordan Stinks. Now, if you've never heard a Jordan Stinks episode before, you can go back in my archives on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, and listen to all of the episodes. But briefly, Jordan Stinks is... It happens once every four to six weeks or so in which I go to my Instagram and I ask for my audience to tell me what they disagree with me on. And I do this for a number of reasons, but before I tell you the main reason, I want to make one thing abundantly clear. If you ever participate and you tell me what you disagree with me on, I will never, ever say your name or blast you publicly. That is not the goal of what I'm doing. I completely and utterly disagree with anybody who thinks it's appropriate to publicly and openly blast someone by name especially in a in a context such as this it's just not something i'm comfortable with and i don't think it's right one of the reasons i love doing this series is because i am very open to being wrong and i'm very open to understanding that i have and will continue to make mistakes and one of the greatest benefits i've gotten from doing this series is having people tell me what they think i could do better It's given me a lot to think about. I think I improve every time I do one of these episodes because I I learn what people need more from me. Now, obviously, there are some things that I openly disagree with with what other people say, and I'll address those as well. But I think one of the main issues, and this this is part of human nature. It's not anything to do with society. It's part of human nature. I think we tend to surround ourselves with people who agree with us morally, ethically, spiritually. This is, this is what we do as humans, and it makes a lot of sense from an evolutionary perspective, from an ideological perspective, in every, every perspective imaginable. It makes sense that you'd want to surround yourself with people who share the same beliefs and morals and ethics and, and whatnot with you. The major issue with that, I think, is the more you do that, the more you put yourself in an echo chamber. The more you ignore beliefs and ideas and ideologies and philosophies and systems that you just don't agree with, the more you dig yourself deeper into what you currently think is correct. And this is where I believe the saying, an old dog can't learn new tricks. Like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think it comes from that. Because as you get older, you continue to bury yourself into the beliefs that you just think are correct, and you tend to silence anything that strays from that. So I like the idea of promoting finding disagreements, finding things that people disagree with you on and finding things that you disagree with and having open discussions about it, open discussions knowing that you can be wrong because only then can you learn new ideas and be open-minded to receiving them. So with that being said, I have a handful of uh, disagreements up right now, uh, and I'm just going to go through them one by one and discuss them with you, and let's see how they go. All right, so the first one, someone wrote, I disagree that it's fine to eat carbs any time of the day. Okay, so this is one of the examples in which I just outright disagree. It is absolutely 100% okay to eat carbs any time of day. I will say this, though. I used to think the same as the person who believes this. There was a time in my life in which I thought eating carbs after 6 p.m. would definitively make you fat. There was a time in my life in which I thought eating carbs, period, regardless of time, would make you fat. There was a time I thought eating anything after 8 p.m. would make you fat. 
I mean, I, I've believed anything and everything you can imagine. I believed all the myths, all the fallacies. I've spent way too much money on useless supplements. I mean, all of it. Through trial and error, through studying the science and through examining the research and through working with literally thousands of clients, I've found the truth that you can absolutely eat carbs any time of day. Now, if you don't believe me, that is totally fine. I'm not here to try and convince you, but I am here to try and encourage you to find the truth. So what I would encourage you to do is if you don't believe me, if you think I'm outright wrong on this, run an experiment on yourself and be as consistent with this experiment as possible and as objective as possible. I would say take at least eight weeks to run this experiment, and you're going to split it up into two four-week time frames. For the first four weeks, actually before I explain that, what I'd like you to do is go to my YouTube channel and go to my calorie calculator video. And using that video, calculate how many calories you need in order to lose fat. Okay? Now, take that calculation, and I want you to hit that exact number of calories every single day for eight weeks. The first four weeks, however, I would like you to eat carbs anytime you'd like. It does not matter. Just make sure that you hit your calories as recommended in the video on my YouTube channel. It's my calorie calculator. If you search calorie calculator, site fitness on YouTube, it'll come right up. So for the first four weeks, you're hitting your calories 100% consistently and you're eating carbs anytime you want. I would like you to track your weight. I would like you to track your measurements. I'd like you to take progress pictures and obviously pay attention to your clothing as well to see how well it fits. For the second four weeks, I would like you to, to also continue on that calorie deficit, continue with those same numbers. All the only change I want you to make is change the time frame in which you eat carbs. So the person who said they disagree with me, they said, I disagree that you can have a that actually what did they say exactly? They said, they said, I disagree, it's fine to eat carbs any time of the day. So what I encourage you to do for the second four weeks is restrict your your carbohydrate intake to when you think is appropriate, to when you think it's okay to eat carbs. Again, for these second four weeks, track your weight, track your measurements, track your pictures, track uh, how you feel in your clothing, and see if at the end of the second four weeks, compare the differences between the first four and the second four. Compare the differences in weight loss, compare the differences in measurements, compare the differences in your pictures, compare the differences in how your clothing feels. I would bet that if you are 100% consistent with both, you will see a consistent trend in weight loss, a consistent trend in improvement in your measurements, a consistent trend in improvement with your pictures, and a consistent trend in improvement with how your clothing feels. Maybe you won't. And if you don't, feel free to restrict your carbohydrate intake to whatever timing feels best for you, which that's a whole separate component, right? If you don't feel good, let's say you don't feel good when you eat carbs at 10 p.m., then I'm not going to tell you that you should eat carbs at 10 p.m. All I'm saying is you can eat carbs whenever you like as long as your calories are in check. And that's the magic of it all. If you'd prefer to save all of your carbs for breakfast, cool, go for it. If you'd prefer to save all of your carbs for dinner, go for it, cool. If you'd prefer not to eat carbs at all, go for it, cool. I would personally never do that, but that's just my preference. All I'm saying is the scientific truth and fact of the matter is that when you eat carbs does not matter as long as your calories are in check. And if you want to try it for yourself, if you don't believe me, run that experiment and see how it works and let me know how it goes. I would love, love to hear what your results are.
All right, so for the next disagreement, someone wrote, calorie deficit is not a black and white backslash only option. I'll read that one more time. Calorie deficit is not a black and white backslash only option. So this is a good point. And there, there's a number of ways to go about discussing this, explaining this, etc. What I'll start by saying is you're correct. Calorie deficit is not black and white. And calorie deficit is not the only option. And what I mean by that is if someone wants to lose, if someone, I'm sorry, if someone wants to gain weight, then there's no way in hell I would recommend a calorie deficit because it's probably not the best idea. In fact, no, it's not probably, it's definitively not the best idea. They would need a calorie surplus. So clearly calorie deficit is not the only option because if someone's goal is to gain weight, then they would need a caloric surplus. I would also not recommend calorie deficit to someone who is struggling with disordered eating. I wouldn't say, hey, you need to be in a calorie deficit to fix your disordered eating. It's literally the exact opposite of what I would suggest. So correct, calorie deficit is not the only option. Now, the other thing you said that's correct is calorie deficit is not black and white. Well, I guess you're partially correct here, and I'll explain why. You are correct in that it's not black and white from the perspective of there are many ways to achieve a calorie deficit. You can be in a calorie deficit while eating a Big Mac every single day, like I did for my Big Mac challenge, which by the way, if you haven't seen my Big Mac challenge, it's on my YouTube channel. It's literally the, the first video you'll see on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can achieve a calorie deficit through doing the ketogenic diet, which personally I would prefer not to do because I love carbs, but you can still achieve a calorie deficit through that. Uh, you can achieve a calorie deficit through doing the Mediterranean diet. You can achieve a calorie deficit through uh, fasting, eating literally nothing. You can achieve a calorie deficit in many, 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 many ways. So you're correct in saying that it's not black and white. There's not just one way to achieve a calorie deficit. However, you're incorrect if what you're insinuating is that calorie deficit is not the only way to lose fat. Because that is a fact. It doesn't matter if you do keto. It doesn't matter if you do intermittent fasting. It doesn't matter if you do Weight Watchers. It doesn't matter if you are a flexible diet or it doesn't matter what you do. I would prefer you choose whichever one makes you feel the best. I would prefer you choose the one whichever one you can sustain the longest, most enjoyably. I would prefer the one that you prefer. That's really what it boils down to. I prefer the one that you prefer as long as it keeps you happy, healthy, and helps you achieve your goals. That said, a calorie deficit is still the only way to lose fat. If you're eating in a ketogenic style and you're in a calorie surplus, you won't lose body fat. You might lose weight initially because you're losing water, but again, weight and fat are not the same thing. So interestingly, we actually agree on a lot. A calorie deficit is not the only option. There are many, many options based on someone's goals. And it's not black and white. There are many ways to achieve a calorie deficit. The area in which we disagree, I'm assuming, is that you're saying a calorie deficit is not the only way to lose fat, in which case that is factually incorrect. All right, moving on to the next disagreement. Okay, so someone wrote, I disagree that supplements don't do anything. It's so funny. <laughs> someone wrote to me once, they said, one of the funniest things I find about this series that you have, this Jordan Stink series, is that so many times you say, well, I actually agree with you. And so it's what I'm going to say to this person as well. 
I agree with you. Supplements do something. Of course they do. Because the fact of the matter is I've never in my life said that supplements don't do anything. Ever. In fact, I'll, I'll say this. If you can find me a post, either in article format or video or podcast or caption or anything, if you can find anywhere throughout my entire career that I've said supplements don't do anything, period, I'll give you $10,000. That is not a joke. If anyone can find that I said supplements don't do anything, period, I'll give you $10,000. The reason I'm so confident in saying that is because I know for a fact I've literally never said nor insinuated that. What I have said is that supplements, number one, should not be the main focus or your main priority. I have said that if you don't have, if actually here's one of my favorite things. I wrote an article back, back in, I think it was 2000, 2014, maybe 2015. I believe it was called uh, the Powerlifter's Guide to Fat Loss, something like that. And I spoke about supplements. And I said something to the effect of, if you are not strength training consistently at least three days a week, and if you are not at least 80% consistently hitting your calories, and if you are not regularly eating fruits and vegetables, and if you are not regularly getting at least six to eight hours of sleep, at least six to eight hours of sleep on a nightly basis, then you have no business buying supplements. And I stand by that 100%. I say that because supplements will not work if you don't work. Now, keep in mind, I take supplements. I am a fan of supplements. I use supplements. The majority of the supplements I use are protein shakes. Uh, I take vitamin D. I take a multivitamin. Uh, I take, what else? I take a, a joint support supplement because of jujitsu. Uh, I take a fish oil supplement. I'm a big fan and proponent of supplements. The reason I don't talk about them very much is because I don't think they should be the, the main focus or priority for the vast majority of people. Now, I will say, because every time I talk about supplements, people ask, well, what supplements do I take? I'm a big fan of Legion Athletics. And again, I'll, I'll put a link to Legion Athletic supplements in the description of this podcast. Um, I very strongly support Legion for a, number of re- for a number of reasons, not least of which being, <laughs> especially their protein powders, they taste amazing. I recently just tried their, uh, their cereal milk protein powder. Unbelievable. I literally just had it with my buddy Mike Vacanti the other day. He had some in his apartment. We both love Legion. And um, I had cereal milk for the first time, and I could not believe how low-calorie it was and how delicious it tasted. That's one of the major issues with most protein powders is they just they taste awful. The reason, one of the reasons I love Legion's protein is just because they taste incredible, all of them, especially if you haven't tried cereal milk, definitely try the cereal milk flavor. Um, But I've had the chocolate peanut butter. I've had uh, their, I believe they have a mint chip flavor that I really like. Uh, Their chocolate is great. Vanilla is great. I really like them. Uh, And they're also very, very low cost. And I also am very good friends with the owner of Legion, and I want to support them as much as I possibly can. I always try and support good business, good business owners, and, and Legion I'm, I'm a huge fan of. So all of that being said, 
I've never said supplements don't do anything. And I very strongly encourage people to use the supplements they need. But the vast majority of people don't need the vast majority of supplements. I think it's a really important point. I sort of like that I said that. The vast majority of people don't need the vast majority of supplements. It's super, super important. Now, there's a, there's a siren going in the background, so if you hear that, I apologize. But point being, first get your training consistency, consistency in check. Get your sleep consistency in check. Get your nutritional consistency in check. Get your food quality consistency in check. Once all of those are in check, then feel free to invest in supplements. Again, I'll put uh, the link to the ones that I use in the description of the podcast. But if you're deciding to invest in supplements before you actually invest in your own consistency with doing what you need to do, you're wasting, you're wasting money, you're wasting time, you're not going to see results, and then you're going to think you can't succeed when the reality is you can, you're just not doing what you need to do. So that's my stance on supplements. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to have a drink first. All right. Okay, this is a good one. This is a really, really good one. Someone wrote, I think body fat calculators are accurate. So I'm assuming that the person who wrote this is saying this because I've said a number of times that the scales that we step on, uh, like a, a bathroom scale that you step on that can also measure your body fat, I've said they are radically inaccurate. And the fact of the matter is they are. Uh, there's a significant amount of research on this that the body fat uh, scales that people use in their bathroom home are radically inaccurate. Um, it doesn't mean that they can't be helpful. And this is an important point to consider. In the same way that your weight, your scale might not be 100% accurate when you weigh yourself, but it doesn't matter essentially what you weigh on any given day. What matters is your trend. So if you consistently see that you're trending in a downward direction, odds are you're losing body fat. And if that's your goal, then what you're doing is working. Your scale doesn't need to be 100% accurate in order for the trend to display an accurate trend. Same thing with the body fat measurements. It doesn't need to be 100% accurate for it, to for it to display an accurate trend. The issue here is that most people, especially with the body fat part, lose their mind when the body fat goes up. And this is one of the reasons why I go out of my way to make people know 100% that body fat, uh, body fat scales, body fat measuring scales are not accurate because it's bad enough with, with weight. People very, very much struggle with their weight, which is one of the reasons I go out of my way to post my daily weigh-ins and show that fluctuations happen. The thing is, people can wrap their mind around weight fluctuating better than they can than wrap their mind around uh, the body fat scale fluctuating because body fat is way more specific. It is supposed to be solely measuring your body fat. It's supposedly what it's solely measuring. So when people see that number, the body fat number, go up on any given day, I've noticed in my clients, my inner circle members, it's people all over the world, they have a much more visceral response to it. It's, it's a much more difficult response than once they start to understand that weight will fluctuate. So the reality is 
body fat scales are not accurate. They're not. But again, to clarify, it doesn't mean they're worthless or useless. They can still display a wonderful trend. And if you don't attach your emotion to any single data point, to any single measurement, then you're good. You can use it appropriately. The question is, are you that person who's going to freak out when you see your body fat go up on a scale just because of that one measurement? Are you going to like say, oh my God, it's not working, screw this and quit? Or are you going to be consistent with your training, be consistent with your nutrition, be consistent with your sleep, regardless of what the body fat says, regardless of the fluctuations that you're going to see in it, because it definitively is going to fluctuate because they are inaccurate. There's a tremendous amount of research on this. You're more than look. It's a very easy to Google search um, studies. Go to Google Scholar. You can type in Google Scholar into Google and look up studies on the efficacy and the validity of of body fat scales, and you'll find which body fat scales, which body fat measurement tools are the most accurate, which ones are the least accurate. Uh, the scales and the handheld ones tend to be the least accurate. There have been studies showing that some of the bathroom scales have been wrong by upwards of 21% inaccurate. Um, the handheld ones are often wrong anywhere between like 5 to 10%, and then you could go all the way to something like the bod pod where the um, the efficacy and validity increases dramatically, and they are going to be a way better indicator of what your current body fat is. All that being said, I think this is an important discussion to have. I'm not a big fan of people getting their body fat tested. I'm not that big of a fan of it, not because it's not important, it is important, but because you don't need that measurement to know if you're actually making progress. There are many, 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 many ways to measure progress. And one of the things I've noticed is when people go get their body fat measured, a lot of times they get so discouraged, it actually dissuades them from wanting to try. It's very interesting to me. I've noticed this time and again. Someone goes to get their body fat measured and they can't believe where their body fat is at. It's actually, it's very interesting. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember when I, when I, first started uh i when i was really young i first started wrestling and um i would get my matches my my wrestling practices and matches on camera and i would watch some of my wrestling matches and i was like i can't believe how bad i am (laughs) just i remember just vividly i can't believe how bad i am now i think personally I'm very lucky in the way that my mindset is because that made me want to work harder. But it also was very embarrassing because in my mind, I thought I was very good. I thought that I was moving and quick. Keep in mind, I was 8, 9, 10 years old. I wasn't, I wasn't an older uh, kid at that point in time. But I, I thought I was moving like, like a high-level athlete. And then I look at my matches and I'm like, I'm so uncoordinated. I suck. It was very discouraging. Fortunately, I, ha- I have a wonderful mom who really pushed me to keep going, and she was a driving force behind that. But I've noticed the same trend with people when they get their body fat measured, in which they'll get their body fat measured, and in their mind, they think they're whatever, body fat, but then the number comes back, and it's radically higher than what they thought, and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I let myself go. I can't believe this happened. What is wrong with me? And it often makes them believe they can't succeed. And that is the absolute last thing that I want, which is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of getting your body fat measured. Um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It doesn't mean that I'll, 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 be, I'll be upset if you do. You're more than welcome to. I just am very cautious with everything that I recommend. And uh, 
ideally, I would love for people to develop a relationship with their body fat in which they're able to get it measured without having any issues. The major struggle with that is to get an accurate measure of your body fat takes a considerable amount of time and often money because to get a very accurate measure, oftentimes you have to go to university campuses to go into a bod pod or have to get a special... um, uh, go to a special event or get some type of special treatment in order to actually get a legitimately accurate measure of your body fat. If you're using the scale or the handheld measurement, it's just going to be consistently inaccurate. And again, you can get a good trend from that, but you have to know it's a trend and any individual spike doesn't mean much. So enough rambling about body fat. Let's go to the next one. Um, okay. This one I love. Someone wrote... <laughs> First, they wrote, you're right about everything, which, no, I'm definitely not right about everything. I've been wrong way more than I've been right, uh, and I will continue. I will be wrong again in the future many, many, many times. Uh, They wrote, you're right about everything. I have Hashimoto's, and I'm down 14 pounds pounds since January because of your knowledge. This makes me incredibly happy, And, and I'm very glad to read this one so that people can publicly hear it, because this is one of the most common questions and concerns I get on a regular basis on my Instagram and uh, YouTube and podcasts, everything, is people struggling with uh, Hashimoto's and people struggling with other other issues that make them believe that they can't succeed, whether it's because they're going through menopause or because they have Hashimoto's or because, they, uh, because of their age or because of their gender, whatever it is, any number of things. And I love these stories. And actually, by the way, if you haven't listened, I've done a a number of episodes uh, with people who have Hashimoto's, who have lost a considerable amount of weight. Uh, And if you you haven't listened to those episodes, you can find them in the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast archives. I would very much encourage you to go listen. Actually, you know what? I'll link those in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, Some of the previous episodes I've done with people who have Hashimoto's and who have had great success. Um, But... To the, to the person who wrote this, again, I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable saying anyone's name because I don't want to blast anybody. You know who you are. Huge, huge congratulations. Uh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, let's see. All right. So this will be, this will probably be the last one for now. Um, maybe a, a little bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, someone wrote, and this is, this is actually a good one because I think this is something I could do better. Someone wrote, People with no nutritional knowledge need to know the limit of stuff in your big-ass salads. Um, I'm very glad that you brought this up, and thank you for saying this, because the reality is you're right. They do, and I I could do better with this, and I apologize for not taking more time and effort to really educate on this front. I'll explain my reasoning for what I've done thus far, and then I'll explain why you're correct and why I need to do better. One of the main things that... I'm very passionate about is getting people to eat more high quality foods, which I think oftentimes people might be surprised about because I do talk about calories so much. But the reason I talk about calories so much is because they're the the base, right? They're the base. If your calorie intake is out of whack, then everything will be out of whack. So we have to first understand that that as the base of the uh, of the pyramid. From there, I think it's important to talk about food quality. The issue is everyone knows they should be eating high quality foods. Everyone's aware of that. No one is, no one ever would say, no, 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 I think I should be eating low quality foods. No one would ever say that seriously. 
everybody knows high quality foods are important. So this is one of the reasons why I talk about calories because a lot of people are still very misinformed on calories, what they are, how they work, why they're very important. That being said, despite spending a lot of time talking about calories, I'm also a huge proponent of people improving their quality of food. I think that is incredibly important. It is tremendously important, and it's one thing I'm very, very adamant about showing people, which is one reason why I'm showing my big-ass salads that I eat every day. And I've been trying to show them very, very often, uh, at least four to five times a week, if not seven times a week, posting them on my Instagram story, uh, showing the salads that I've been eating. And huge shout-out to my girlfriend, by the way, because she cooks the, she cooks the, you know, cook the salad. She makes the best salads ever. 100% uh, of the credit goes to my girlfriend. She cooks these, uh, again, I said cooks. She makes these amazing salads. I'm very grateful for her. She really does an amazing job, and I appreciate how much effort and time she takes to make sure that we're having high-quality foods here. Um, so what I'm saying is, I try and go out of my way to really show people high-quality foods, high-quality foods, high-quality foods. I really try and do my best with that. That being said, now let's go to what you're right about and what I can improve. You were saying to the effect, to the effect of people need to know—actually, I want to read it exactly so I don't butcher it. You said, people with no nutritional knowledge need to know the limit of stuff in big-ass salads. So um, what I'm assuming you mean by that and how I interpret it is people who don't know— how many calories are in certain foods, whether it's croutons or whether it's cheese or whatever, olive oil, whatever it is, people who don't know how many calories are in those things, they need to know that there's a limit to how much you can put in a salad because calories are calories. doesn't matter if the calories are in a salad or if the calories are on a pizza or if, where the calories are. A calorie is always a calorie. And oftentimes people will eat high-quality foods but in too great of portions, Right? So they're eating too many calories, regardless of how, how high quality the food is, they're eating too many calories. And what I think you're trying to say is that I need to do a better job of showing people how many calories are in my salads so that they can be aware that even though there are there's cheese in there sometimes and there's croutons and I dress them with olive oil, I'm still very aware of how many calories are going into them. And, and, and you're correct. You are absolutely 100% correct. And just so you know, it's been in the back of my mind, and I have no good reason for not doing it other than I've been lazy. That's really it. You are 100% correct. I need to do a better job of educating people saying, this is how many croutons I have here, this is how much olive oil I'm using, or whatever it is, because people who don't have that nutritional knowledge might think that they can just have the biggest salad possible and put tons of bacon on it and tons of cheese and, and eggs and this and that. For example, like a Cobb salad. A lot of people will be like, oh, I'm getting a salad, and, and they get a Cobb salad, which it's fine. If you want a Cobb salad, eat a Cobb salad. The issue is with the blue cheese and the bacon and this and the that and the dressing, the Cobb salad, <laughs> oftentimes I've seen Cobb salads well over 2,000 calories, and people are like, oh, I'm doing well because I'm having a Cobb salad. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, realistically, you could have gotten the cheeseburger for significantly fewer calories. So plain and simple. Thank you for taking the time to say this. Thank you for bringing up this point. You are 100% correct. I will try to do better to, uh, to educate people properly, especially for those who don't have a strong background with nutrition, to let them know how much I'm actually including my salads because you are correct, and I need to do better on that front. So 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Jordan Stinks. If you did, please leave a five-star review. Uh, huge, huge thank you to everyone who's been leaving reviews on iTunes and, and everywhere. They, they've been meaning a lot to me. It's great to see, especially the written ones. They, they mean a lot to me, and they actually they help a surprising amount with uh, the ratings and the reviews and getting new listeners. So I really appreciate that. If you could do that, it would mean a lot. Uh, and finally, if you've been thinking about joining the Inner Circle and you haven't pulled the trigger yet, I would love to have you in there. You can join at sfinnercircle.com. When you join, you get a whole lot of free stuff. You have We have the free uh, Kick Corona in the Dick Bodyweight Workout Manual. It's a 30-day challenge. We have a, a Metabolic Meltdown. We have a Deadlift Domination Guide. We have everything. We have so much free information for all the members. So if you'd like to join, I'd love to have you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.